0: Staying in our comfort zones is exactly where we need to be at certain seasons of life. But have you ever considered that always being in your comfort zone may be holding you and potentially your family back? On today's episode of Abundantly Her, we are jumping into all things comfort zones with me, your host, Amy Kent. I recently saw a quote that talked about how we should step so far out of our comfort zones that we forget how to get back to said comfort zone. I actually used the quote in a post on social media building up for this podcast episode. But while I was writing and putting together the notes and such to be prepared to record, the quote really had me thinking, what's actually wrong with a comfort zone? Is there anything wrong with a comfort zone? Is having a comfort zone prohibiting you or is it keeping you in a safe space, so to speak? I am not sure that there is anything specifically wrong with a comfort zone. My comfort zone definitely looks a good bit different than yours, I am sure. And my comfort zone changes day to day, week to week, just as yours does, I'm sure. Sometimes I am more concerned about what people think and that really keeps me from stepping out. Sometimes I am completely uncomfortable with taking a chance on myself or my business. Neither of those things are good. This comfort zone also acts as an almost moral compass, if you think about it. And having morals and holding on to what I believe in in is definitely a comfort zone, but not one that would necessarily hold me back or keep me back or keep my family back or even my business from growing. The morals type of comfort zone is one that keeps you grounded, one that allows you to have standards, to have pride in yourself. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that that's actually encouraged. I remember when I was in high school and even out of high school as a young adult, I was never the type of person who enjoyed going out every night or even every week and drinking and partying with people I didn't know or people I didn't feel comfortable with. Sometimes I would go and only have water, and I would leave in time to get home by midnight, even though I didn't have a curfew. Random people my friend would make friends with would make fun of me for not indulging in their quote-unquote fun or drinking more than what little I did. One guy, well, we won't call him that, a guy would insinuate that he was an actual man. He was a man-child, a boy. I'm sure you know the type. He, of course, was inebriated and made it a point to tell me that I was the most unfun girl in the bar. He just couldn't wrap his little tiny bitty brain around the fact that I did not want to drink my life away, that I wanted to get home to my bed and get up and go to work the next day feeling 100% normal and great. Because I was one of very few of my friends who actually had what they called a big girl job. I can perfectly see my friends drinking excessively and getting in their cars and driving themselves home, claiming they were perfectly sober. Yes, looking back, I should have demanded I drive them home. Yes, also looking back, I should have just taken their keys. But unfortunately, I was 21. And at that point in those friendships, I was pretty much done. The last night I went out with them was, in fact, the night that boy called me unfun. And I watched those girls get in their car and drive themselves home, very intoxicated, up a very busy interstate. And their homes were probably 20 to 30 minutes, maybe 15 to 30 minutes away. I couldn't go out with them anymore. I wasn't having fun. It wasn't worth my time. And at the time, I thought it was because the bar life was out of my comfort zone. When in fact, it just wasn't... It just wasn't for me. I was raised a little differently than those girls. I was just a different person and a different set of morals at the time. And I also know now that I handled life a little bit differently than they did. Now, I will say, if you're one of those girls and you're listening today, chances are, you know, I'm talking about you, but you know that I know how much you have changed and how much you have grown. And I love that for you. I can say that because I was never upset giving up that part of my young adult life, I honestly was not that upset that those friendships kind of drifted off. Kind of, sort of, abruptly. I do keep in touch with some of them, but for the most part, the friendship that used to exist no longer exists. It looked as if I had ghosted them, but I was doing what was best for me. I was doing what was going to keep me safe. I was doing what was in my comfort zone, and in my morals at the time. That comfort zone probably saved my life. Okay, that might be a tad bit dramatic, but think about it. Who knows what may have happened? I could have gotten in a bar, gotten in a wreck with another bar goer leaving that bar, even though I wasn't drinking. I could have given in to peer pressure, drank, and got drunk with those quote-unquote friends, and then who knows what might have happened. Also, I'm not once again, I'm not saying all this to condemn or judge those who have done this, or those girls that I was hanging out with, or even people who are currently living this lifestyle, because you and I both know, it's just not my place to judge. I am using this life experience as an example of how sometimes having a comfort zone is not a bad thing. Have you considered that we are where we are? Because that is exactly where we need to be in this specific season of life. Like maybe that is exactly where God wants you to keep you safe or to allow him to work for you to prepare the season of your life. Maybe he is preparing you for something big, something you may need to step out of your comfort zone on. Maybe God is protecting you from an opportunity or even a person that could harm you. That is another instance in which a comfort zone is not a bad thing. Are you looking for the perfect gift for a friend or a loved one or even yourself? Come shop Kenton Co.'s Etsy shop for custom journals, Bibles and signs and so much more. Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Kent Co. designs and use our code abundantlyher at checkout for 25% off. Also, you can get the link in our show notes. So when is stepping out of your comfort zone, a good thing, a God thing, even I cannot answer that question for you or anyone else. And honestly, I am not sure that anyone could answer for you, but you just as only I can answer for myself. Yep. You can go get advice from your mom and dad, from your husband, from your best friend, from Lucy next door, who knows? But at the end of the day, it's all on you, honey. Also, it's important to know that you should only go to people for advice with people or from people who you know you can trust, who you can be yourself with, who you know that you can tell anything to without judgment. When I am debating on taking a chance, I truly have to think if the opportunity will create growth in any way, or will it keep me from growing? I think that's kind of redundant, but you get what I'm saying. Will it allow me to grow as an individual, as a parent, as a business owner, as a wife? One piece of great advice I received from a fellow business owner is that sometimes we have to make sacrifices if you want to see growth in the long run. And looking back, she just recently told me that a couple of weeks ago. And it was actually at an event that she was hosting who or the event was actually something that I was participating in that was completely out of my comfort zone. But that quote could honestly apply to so many instances in our lives. I am a firm believer that it is something our children should learn at an early age, stepping out of their comfort zone, maybe as a part of a learning discipline, which, if you think about it, is something many adults, including myself, could practice more. And I don't mean that your children should learn it to the point where you're changing them. I mean that they should learn it in the way that keeps them from worrying about what other people think of them or allowing their nerves to keep them from doing something extremely fun and learning and making friends. As I have gotten older, I find myself looking for advice from my parents. Robert and Mitzi are crazy wise and also my husband of course is fairly wise. (sighs) Don't tell him I said that. A close friend, my best friend, she is the one I go to for parenting and marriage but even more so as I have gotten older, I am searching and listening for God's word and his help in making choices, especially choices that make me nervous or scared. Those instances where we have to make tough decisions are probably, okay, usually the most important decisions we could make, maybe even life-changing decisions. When I want wanted to launch my first small business, I relied on my parents in different ways, both of them. My mom gave wonderful creative advice, um, creative expertise. My dad gave great business advice from creating policies to pricing to making decisions on the storefront type of choices. I would update them and ask them for more advice and wisdom. When it came to a busy season for life in general and the business, I was stressed. They were there to help me, and so was my husband. My stress was not necessarily from a busy time with kids or the business. It was actually coming from my current role in the hospital. Then adding in the fact that I was trying to juggle both kids, their schooling, in a house, and trying to grow a business and fulfill a wonderful holiday season of orders, which I'm so grateful for. So I have a story to go along with this. And if you don't know me in real life, you need to know that I have a lot of rabbit trails. But usually, 98.8% time, they have a moral of the story. like They have something to do with what I'm talking about. Love to read but need to multitask? Start listening for free today with Audible. You can download thousands of shows and titles from Audible's Plus catalog. From audiobooks to podcasts, there is something for you. Listen across all of your devices today. Find an affiliate link in today's show notes to enjoy your free trial. Okay, so here's the story. And if you're the slightest bit squeamish, I don't know what to tell you, but it's part of the story. So, Last fall, I was sick for around four to six weeks straight. Yes, I said six weeks. I could not find a doctor, whether it was a doctor I worked with or a doctor I saw in an office, to listen to me in any way. They all wanted to swab me for that that C thing that's so bad right now or has been bad. Finally, I found a new doctor who listened to me Tell her I had been swabbed for that so many times and had been negative all of those times. She looked at my throat, which honestly was slightly gross. Ran some tests and determined that I was sick with mono, magnified by stress. Her exact well, her exact words were, "Amy, I think you have freaking mono, and your stress is making it worse." And she was right. So, if you have never had mono or you don't know anybody who has, the best way I can describe it is that it's kind of like strep mixed with flu and then some other things. All of my lymph nodes, which are glands that your body has um, around my throat and shoulders were all swollen. My throat was so swollen. My poor tonsils were touching literally. I could only take children's Tylenol and was doing good to get that down at that point. And I coughed all night and day for at least a week. Attempting to sleep, sitting straight up, was the only way that I could even try to sleep. I could hardly get comfortable with that, and I still didn't get any sleep. I think I ran for like a week and a half with like two hours of sleep a night, which is ridiculous. Mono can cause swelling of the spleen, which is pretty important to your blood. And the steroids that I was on was making the bloating and all the swelling in the abdomen, worse and extremely painful. Just the other day, I read over the pages in my prayer journal of how I was struggling and looking for God's help in these months. I read over the major incidents that caused my stress at work, and it honestly brought tears to my eyes and just made me very sad. During that time of the year, those cases that I was, you know, the C thing I was talking about, it was very high in the hospital setting and we were a little bitty hospital and I can't say that we were equipped for that. I don't think, I mean, obviously no hospital was equipped for the impact that that had on their infrastructure, but we were losing teammates that I cared for left and right. We were losing teammates who I thought were really good friends. We were losing to horrible experiences that coming from that were coming from the pandemic we were in or we were in. I'm not sure if are we technically in it. I don't know. And then adding in the fact that the interactions with some of our coworkers who were also burdened with compassion fatigue, just as I was, all of that stuff was just, it was just tearing me apart. And it was just putting me in a not, not a good place. At that time, I really felt a pull in my heart. I felt like I needed to jump down to one day a week at the hospital, even if just for a little bit. And that was super scary to me. I was already in what you call a PRN status, which means I could work as little or as much as I wanted or needed. But I was averaging two days a week, sometimes more when they needed me due to staffing and high acuity of patients. But the reason this made me nervous, obviously, was because I was cutting my pay from the hospital job down again. We all knew, or know, in this world, it often takes both incomes and then some, especially with inflation and gas prices like they are, but something kept pushing me to make that call, to make the call to my manager and drop down to one day a week. The day I made that call to my then-manager, I remember hearing a voice. Literally, y'all, like it was yesterday. And you may think I'm crazy. But I remember going out my back door to go get my kids from school and hearing, Finally, you're listening to me. You're listening to me. Those words made me stop in my tracks. It was like straight out of a movie. I heard the words and it was like everything went slow motion. I slowly stopped right at my car door the screen door slowly closed and slammed in like a weird muted but loud way, I was stunned. I had chills, literally chill bumps. I knew instantly where and who those words came from. I cannot say that I have ever in all of my years as a believer in Christ and all of my years on this earth heard his words, at least not that clearly and in that way. I knew that in that moment, I had made the right choice for all the right reasons for all the people and that my blessings were coming and that he would not allow me to fail. He would not allow my family to suffer. He would show up and he would help me. And when I say he would not allow my family to suffer or me to fail, he did not. Week after week, month after month, he showed up and he continued to show up. My holiday orders were out of control. November and December were seriously my busiest months in that year, and even to date, honestly. And I slowly began to feel more like myself, health-wise, and even mentally. And the reason I say that I felt like I had made the right choice for all the people, I felt like that I made the right choice for my family and also for my coworkers because. The pandemic that we were working through and experiencing together really was taking its toll on my mental health. And I know you're thinking, what if I don't hear his voice? How do I know it's a God thing or the right choice? That's seriously one of the toughest questions that I know. I do believe that if it is meant to be, a way will be made, a door will be opened, you will make a way and he will give you a way to create a way. He will open doors that you never could have imagined and would have, been, would have been open for you. And I can honestly say he's done that for me over the past year to three years. I mean, all of my life, but more so I've noticed it recently. Oddly enough, my husband has really helped me learn and apply that way of thinking. He doesn't even realize that while he has been preaching to me to worry less and that things will just all work out that he's been doing God's work. God has him working through Justin to help me learn that it's okay to worry less. It's okay just to let things go and to not stress over it. And I do. I if I were to count all the times that I worry about things that I have no control over, good Lord, I would not be able to count. Okay, just would not, I could not do the math. (laughs) Sometimes we are guided to the right choices without even having to think about it. Those doors are open for us, if you will, and we are guided through it once again without even knowing. When something unexpected happens or something we did not plan for happens, whether good or bad, oftentimes it's protection. It can be the littlest of things. It can be the largest of things. Maybe you were running late leaving the house for work. Maybe that was keeping you from getting into a horrible accident. Maybe you missed the accident just by seconds. I know that that seems like a very basic concept, but it's something many of us, myself included, take for granted. Okay. So I have another story to go along with this whole unexpected things that happen to us are often protection. So just go with me on this. Um, it's also another gruesome, traumatic experience, but it's important. Um, three years ago, it'll be four years this December, um, in December of 2018, one week before Christmas, I had impacted wisdom teeth. Mind you, my wisdom teeth had not come in till about a year to two years prior, um, and they had never given me any issues up until this point. Uh, but they were impacted, they were infected, and they had to come out. So my goofy self was like, oh, let's just do it that week before Christmas. It'll all work out. Yes, I'll miss Christmas cookies, but that's not going to hurt me. Boy, did I miss Christmas cookies. The surgeon I was sent to, little did I know, was a butcher, honestly. Um, So he made me go, due to my age, and I'm not old. I was 29 at the time. I don't think that's old. Okay, maybe a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. That's not old. Anyways, I was 29 at the time, and he was—he really, truly believed that my wisdom teeth had been in my mouth a lot longer than they had, and they hadn't. I had the x-rays from the dentist's office to prove so. So I had to go for an MRI, and at that time, you had to go to the oral surgeon's office for the MRI, and it was really, like, a cool thing. It was, like, a spaceship thing, like Saturn's rings that, like, rotated around your head to make sure that he would not be causing damage or nerve damage or... Jaw breakage. Jaw breakage. You heard me. Okay. So went to that. And then the next couple of days I got scheduled. And in the next couple of days, like I said, one week before Christmas, I went in to have my wisdom teeth removed. And because they were so severely impacted or just impacted, I don't really think they were severe. Um, my health insurance did pay for it. So I had very little out of pocket cost, which makes no difference at this point. Um, I was having a psychedelic dream while I was under, while he was taking my teeth out. And all of a sudden I heard him say a cuss word. Sounds kind of like shoot. Um, he said, Oh shoot. I broke her jaw. And I, that woke me up. Like I heard it. And I guess the pain from him breaking my jaw when he tapped that last tooth, I guess that kind of brought me out of it. Um, and then he knocked me back down, but I could not, he could not keep me asleep fully. And I kept hearing this woman crying and screaming. Well, that woman was me because the butcher had broke my jaw. Um, so that was totally unexpected. Nobody expected that. Um, I, I think he may have thought it would happen because come to find out, that wasn't his first time that had happened to that actually happened to him quite often. So if you um live in my area and want to know who did that, shoot me a DM and I'll send you so you know not to go to him anyways. So he wired my mouth shut on the spot. Um, I remember sitting in the post-op room after a 30 minute, 45 minute procedure turned into a three and a half hour procedure. Um, I remember sitting in there and I was writing on a piece of paper I'm going to get fired because I had just had a baby at the beginning of the year. So, you know, my FMLA was not built back up. My pal time was okay. I was like writing on the paper. I'm going to get fired. Call my husband. I'm in pain. And when I wrote down, I'm in pain, he patted me on the shoulder and he was like, you're not in pain. You're just nauseated. And if I could have cussed him out at that point, I would have at that point I was in excruciating pain and I was just bawling and honestly my mental health at that time because I was postpartum I know it was you know, my MJ was almost a year old but still that's still in the postpartum class I was also depressed and I had anxiety so when that happened I was done done Um And I truly believe, had my parents and my husband not been in my life when that happened, well, I'm not gonna say, but I don't think things would have ended well. So I get home, still in excruciating pain. My mom has to call my uh, director of nursing at the time. Well, she's still my director of nursing, but she had to call her and let her know what happened. And they were just all in disbelief, just shocked. So I was out of work for eight weeks. I couldn't eat regular food, I had no energy you're supposed to be, um, you know, drinking just regularly, like without a straw when you have your wisdom teeth out. Well, I couldn't. So I was drinking through a straw. I had dry sockets on top of the jaw breakage, just a hot mess. But so I go through all of that because I live the interstate. I have to take to the hospital job is a super busy interstate. I mean, it's not like Atlanta busy, but it's busy. And there are so many accidents on that road, on that interstate, just from my house to there, which is just one exit apart. There were so many accidents and so many bad accidents during that time. I'm not so sure that this wasn't God protecting me from something much worse. And I know, like I said, that's a very basic concept, but think about it having my jaw wired shut and losing 40 pounds, which was nice by the way, but that's not how we want to do that. Having my jaw wired shut and missing out on Christmas and other things. Yes, that's a very basic concept, but I'm here to tell you about it. I could not be here to tell you about anything because who knows I could have been involved in one of those semi truck vehicle crashes. You just never know anymore. So I say all that because I think it's important that we stop and remember that sometimes unexpected things are out of our control. They don't keep us from coming out of our comfort zone, but they keep us safe. I have just a few more things to share with you before I jump off this episode. I don't want the episodes to be too long, so I'm going to summarize it with this. Stepping out of your comfort zone can be hard. It can be challenging. But we know that it will grow us in the long run. And the devil is going to tell you that you can't do it. The devil is going to tell you that you can't jump out of your comfort zone. That you cannot, you should not do things that bring us out of those comfort zones. But... We know that God says otherwise. We know that God has placed those goals and those, those opportunities on our heart for a reason. The devil says no, and we know God says otherwise. God says yes. God may not say yes right away, but we know that in his time, everything's going to work out. And if one opportunity doesn't work out, another one's going to. Another thing that I've learned in the past couple of weeks confidence is key when it comes to stepping out of our comfort zones. And that's truly something that has to be practiced, that has to be learned. I, you know, some days I am confident in who I am and the decisions I'm making, who I am as a believer in Christ, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend as an employee, as a business owner, some days you can't find an ounce of confidence in me. I think that's just being a woman maybe, or maybe it's hormone. I don't know, but it's all a legit thing. And I really feel like that confidence just plays a huge role in it. And i also want to teach my children to be confident in the choices that they're making that it's okay to step out of the comfort zone, that it's okay to have confidence in what they want to do and what they want to learn. Because it's no fun constantly living in fear. We were not created to live in fear. Ever. We were created to love, to share love, and to show love. Just like Jesus does. That's what we should do you made it you finished listening to me rattle off random stories and random information but information that god has placed on my heart to share with you you made it you finished we're done this episode's over <laughs> but in all honestly i want to thank you thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for sticking out this episode and just giving a chance on abundantly her abundantly her is a love project. And Abundantly Her was created to help other women learn to enjoy life, to live abundantly in the life that God has given them. And I hope that you'll join us on more episodes. And I hope you'll join our community. You can find us on Instagram at AbundantlyHer. And make sure you give us a follow here wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know what? Do me another favor, share the podcast share it to your Facebook, your Instagram, your friends, share us. I'm just kidding, but seriously, share us. We'd love it. But anyways, thank you so much again for hanging out with us, for listening to me ramble. I hope you have a great day. And if nobody's told you, I love you and you're great.